0: Welcome to episode 23 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we are talking about how to get unstuck and navigating the peaks and valleys of life. For more info, tools, and resources, check us out on truthanddaremovement.com. And again, before we get started, we want to shout out our listeners who drop us some love and share our review of the week. This one comes from cupcakes and dinos. First of all, we love your name. She says, my favorite podcast to date. Allie and Carly are so inspiring. I look forward to listening to their new episodes weekly and sometimes even re-listen every time I need that extra boost of confidence. They've opened my eyes to so much possibility and transformation. It's amazing. They are brilliant cupcakes and dinos. Thank you so much for supporting our tribe. If you want to be next week's shout out, head on over to iTunes, drop us some love, and hopefully we will share you over the airwaves. Now let's get started with this week's episode.
1: Welcome to truth and dare
0: a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and
1: daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, welcome back, Tad Tribe. We're so happy to have everybody here for another super important conversation and a conversation that really means a lot to both Ali and I personally. But as usual, before we get started, we are going to kick it off with our slug in the honey So, yeah, I'm just going to be like really blunt here. Go figure. But uh, my slug in the honey is that I'm just on my period and it's really intense and I'm just feeling so tired and slow and disengaged. And it makes me think of that interview we did with Yoga with Cassandra. If you guys haven't heard that episode, we will link to it in the show notes, But I remember she talked about when she would start bleeding, how she would purposely try to be alone a lot and disconnect from people and eat lunch by herself and really slow down. And so I'm trying to tap into that because I really think it's what my body needs. And yeah, that's my female rant, I guess. But it's how I'm feeling. So just keeping it real. Allie, what about you? What's your slug? And what's your honey? Also, to be really blunt, I'm just picturing your honey
0: is the color red right now. <laughs> is that That's really gross. But anyway. Oh, my God. I, I'm into it in a weird of way. Of course you are. So my current honey is that I have so much shit to do and my to-do list is – Overwhelmingly running over and Carly was here last season when I got into this same predicament before I launched my yoga program. And it's just this like nervous, anxious. I'll never be able to achieve everything I want feeling that kind of eats away at me. So this is the most important time to tap into everything we'll talk about today about getting unstuck and navigating the peaks and valleys so that we can shorten the valleys and get back to climbing the peaks and hopefully make it to the top and enjoy the fruits of our labor. So, yeah, my, my to-do list is my honey right now. Your cup runneth over, Allie. I was going to say that. <sighs> really? Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, no way. But anyway, <laughs> today, why are we talking about navigating the peaks and valleys and getting unstuck? Well – It's an inevitable, an inevitable part of life because if you are tapping into living your truth and daring to change, then you know that change is the only constant. And as we change, there will always be new opportunities and new experiences that the stuckness will remain in. Um, we're human beings. We're having a human experience and no matter where we are at in our journey, I think we will continue to fall into those valleys of stuckness. But it's about learning how to leverage your you know, your toolkit that we talk about here so that you can rise up out of the valleys and start climbing the peaks again. Um, also, it's universal. It's something all of us experience. There's not one person who doesn't get stuck. And I think that should make all of us feel a little bit better about it. No matter if you are on the tallest mountain or the shortest hill, I think it's comforting to know that we all go through the same motions of getting stuck and training ourselves of how to get unstuck. And this goes into so many facets of life, our careers, personal growth, our health and body image, our relationships, our families all of these pieces of who we are and are evolving into, we're going to experience a stuckness on every level of that journey. So knowing that it's a universal feeling and emotion and um, like real life situation is why we're talking about it. And it should really make you feel good. And lastly, I think What's what I want you and Carly and I want you to take away from this is that if we can shorten the turnaround time between the peaks and valleys, then we can rise up faster and higher without staying in that shitty stuckness that sometimes has the tendency to really hold us back and drum up those negative self habits and patterns and Talks that we know can just drown us in that dark place. So shortening the turnaround time of getting out of the valley is the ultimate goal, yeah?
1: Absolutely. It's always about how fast we come back to our truth, not about how many times we stray away from it. And I think that that is super important to remember because it takes away some of the pressure that we put on ourselves to always be great and always be perfect, which is obviously completely unrealistic and insane. But how do we get there? How do we get stuck? I mean, God, there are so many ways. And I'm so happy that we're talking about this today because I know personally for Ali and I, it's something that I want to say is like a daily conversation. I, I don't mean that we're always stuck in something, but there is a constant need to keep momentum in order to stay on track. And I'm not going to lie, it's really hard. It's a dedication to a commitment of something that's bigger than you. And I, I get discouraged a lot. I find myself feeling like I'm a fraud, feeling like I have no place to be giving people advice when I myself am trapped in the same scenarios as all of you. But then I remember that the point of all of this is, you know, to bring a universality to these ideas and these topics. And so one of the ways that I get stuck and I think that people get stuck is by getting too comfortable. This is a huge one for me. Personally, I'll, I'll find myself getting stuck in the comfort of routine. That's usually my problem. The routine of like waking up, getting ready, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed, blah, 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 you know, over and over and over again. Um, I feel like this perpetual routine in my personal life causes me to just feel like I'm not digging deeper and it's so easy to go to that place because it's so comfortable, because it doesn't require any discomfort or any um, pain or any digging into what's going on deeper in my soul. And I think sometimes we use the comfort to sort of numb out what's actually going on with us. And from experience, I find that I Go to things like Netflix or, you know, the internet or these mind numbing activities when I know that there's a deeper issue in me that is unresolved. Personally, that's where I fall, but I also think other people fall on the comfort spectrum in relation to their jobs. People stay in jobs they hate for a really long time because of a fear to leave, probably financial security, probably um, societal standards and cultural pressures. However, it's really easy to get stuck in work that you hate. It's something Ali and I advocate against a lot here, but um, it's definitely common. I think you can get stuck in um, your relationships, whether that be personal um, or family or romantic it's very easy to get caught up with the same people doing the same thing and I think this all comes back down to your routine. The same can be said for your health, the same can be said for, you know, what you do in the morning or what you do after work. So comfort is like this really big sphere that I think all of these little tiny aspects fall into. And of course, it's nice to be comfortable. And of course, it's nice to feel safe and to feel like everything's going to be okay. But I think it's in that bubble of comfort and in that bubble of safety that we start to feel really mundane and really bored and really anxious for something bigger.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you just said. And I think it's twofold. So there's a paradox that occurs we advocate for routine, healthy routines to support your lifestyle. But at the same time, there has to come a moment when we are our best teacher and we decide my routine needs a refresh. I need to change something up. I need to add in something different. I need to up this style of workout, whatever it may be. Routines exist for a really beautiful reason to support living this lifestyle of truth and dare and health. and, But at the same time, like Carly's saying, it's so easy to become stagnant. And so I think in those moments of comfort, it's so important to really have a stern talking with yourself. Are you operating from a level of self-care and self-growth or are you operating out of fear because you don't want to move forward and climb that next peak? We all know that change is the only constant, but it's also really incredibly scary. Um, But during that scary moment of change, of uncertainty, is when we grow the most and we evolve and we step into this powerful purpose of really becoming who we already know we are. Um this goes into if you do need to quit that job that you hate but you're just staying in um starting something new like a business or a side hustle or a hobby. Um or walking into a new a new gym or trying a new activity. I know for me personally I can walk into any yoga studio, like it's no big deal. But if you ask me to walk into a CrossFit gym without a friend by my side, I would have fear around that because it's something completely uncertain to my lifestyle right now. But I guarantee that if I did walk into a CrossFit gym, I would walk out having gained all this confidence and newfound purpose and strength. Yes, physically, but more so mentally and emotionally. So I think in this moment of being stuck in the valley, it's really important to say, am I operating from self-care and self-growth or am I operating out of fear, the fear of change, and also, most importantly, the fear of failure, Um I think that holds us back so much. We're afraid that if we start the new job, we won't make new friends or we won't have a great relationship with our boss or we won't be positioned for a promotion like we would at our current employer. Or if we're going to make a huge health lifestyle change, the failure of putting forth all that effort and time uh, and energy and usually money. To then not see the results that we desire. So, then why bother even starting? So, um, really taking the time to navigate these emotions that we all go through. Again, it is incredibly universal. And getting real with yourself about the question that I keep repeating Are you operating from self care and self growth or fear or fear of failure? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I was just thinking back to what Elizabeth Gilbert says in Big Magic about fear and curiosity. Because the reality is we're going to be scared. You know, anytime we decide to make a move to get out of the stuckness, or shall we say out of the honey, we're going to be scared all the time. I mean, we're scared all the time. But fear is a partner with curiosity. They go hand in hand. They're like Siamese twins We cannot have one without the other. So the more curious we are about making that change, about going to that CrossFit gym, about trying a new diet, the more fear will perk up. It's about honoring it and moving through it instead of trying to avoid it and just knowing and accepting that as you are on this journey, which is filled with questions and curiosity, that fear is going to be a component It's just about not letting it rule our fucking lives anymore, you know? I definitely know.
0: And that makes me think about something else she said. And for our listeners, Carly and I just reread Big Magic and dissected the book down to (laughs) – hundreds of bullet points. (laughs) So we're really familiar with the text right now. But I also love how she says, as you're going through this process of marrying fear and curiosity, but moving forward, if we can become aware of our psychological response to this experience and then move through it without freaking out, without falling into that negative self spiral, then Each time we go through the valley and climb the peak, it becomes easier and easier to navigate that process. And I'll say that's 100% true for me with growing The Journey Junkie and um, creating programs and believing in myself and leaning into the fear and discomfort of failure and putting forth the energy and effort anyway. Yes, I do have anxiety And the negative self spiral does circle around me and I'm snappy and bitchy. I'm sure Carly can attest to that at times. Um, but I, it's easier to recognize now and I can pull myself out of it and move like wade through that sticky honey of shit so that I can, you know, climb higher to the nice, beautiful, green, grassy
1: area where there's a big breath of fresh air awaiting me. Absolutely. We are creatures of habit and we understand our behaviors better than anybody else. So I think that's such a good example to share. And you talked a little bit about that negative self spiral, Allie, and I think that's such a good point. And it's another one of those huge, huge bullet points about why and how we all end up getting stuck. I mean, I know for a fact that every single one of us listening has been in that mental playback of I'm not good enough. Um, I've already tried this and failed. Why should I do it again? I'm never going to be able to do it like this person or that person who's doing it so well. So why should I even bother? You know the conversation in your mind. We've been there. And it's really hard to break a thought pattern, a thought pattern that we've been replaying for maybe decades or a longer in our head. But in order to get out of that place, it starts with the way that we talk to ourselves. I think that we have a choice personally every single day to decide what is or is not going to manifest within our lives. That is on us. And if we don't like what's going on or what's manifesting, or we see something that we wanna change, Um, we have the power to transform that and we don't have to sit back and say, well, damn, you know, everything sucks and it's not working and it never worked and I don't know what to do. We can use tools and resources and rituals, which we're going to get into in the um, second half of this episode, but we can use them to move from a place of lack and from a place of negative self-talk to a place of, okay, well, you know. I can do these things and then I can feel better, and life can get a little bit lighter, and things can start to feel like they're falling into place. And I think so many of us feel like we're just simply floating along and like life is just happening to us, not for us. And we believe that we are just passengers and we're just along for the ride of life. And when we have that mentality, we come we end up in this place of understanding between ourselves that we're just here. We're just here on earth and we're just reacting to what's happening around us and we're not taking any active approach to change those happenings. Like we're just basically in the movie theater watching the movie of our lives. And so when we're non-reactive or when we're negative and when we're in that place of self-doubt, I truly believe that the universe and our life Reacts to that non reaction. So it responds the way we communicate, just like in any other relationship. And I think changing that communication in our minds to ourselves changes the communication with the universe, which changes the communication with our lives. Yes. Amen. It makes me
0: think about I'm currently crafting this chakra challenge program and the Sahasrara chakra is our crown chakra. So it's the final step in the energetic system. And if you work on aligning and opening all seven, by the time you get to the seventh, there is a state of transcendence, enlightenment, higher cosmic conscious, this universality that happens. And there's this really incredible uh, fact and I'm not going to say it here because I'm going to botch it, but I will include it in the show notes. But essentially, the woman who wrote this book that I follow, Wheels of Life by Anna Judith, she talks about how there's trillions and billions of receptors. Maybe I will take a stab at it. Here we go. There's go I'm for going it. for it. <laughs> there's trillions and billions of receptors inside the central nervous system and inside our body making the internal of our of our self, our soul, our body, so powerful that our mind is more controlled by the internal than the external. So going off of what you were saying, Carl, about all of this self-talk and really becoming aware of it and practicing positive self-talk just goes back to what I read in this book about how our mind is so sensitive to the internal work of what's going on. And I think The more and more we can stay on top of it, yes, we are going to fuck up a thousand times a day, but can we catch 500 of those fuck-ups in the process and cut yourself off mid-talk and reframe the conversation? So I think that is the challenge for all of us is can we snip it, when it's halfway like happening and recognize it and turn it around so that we create this positive internal environment for our mind to be exposed to. Um that's like the real work when we're in this stuckness. I think once we get out of the the constant negative spiral, I think the work is actually a lot easier than we even made it out to be. Like we build it up onto this pedestal when in reality, there's a step-by-step process to almost everything we want to achieve.
1: You are totally right about that, Ali. I think that we definitely put this um, negative place on a pedestal and we think that we can never accomplish it when we don't realize how easy it is, not easy, but how possible it is to really pull ourselves out of that place. And I think the same thing can be said for the stuckness that we often feel as women in relation to our bodies or body image or any physical issues that we may face that may be plaguing or challenging us. Um, I think when you're in a place of lack, especially around our bodies, as well as a place of anger or comparison is a big one or self-loathing and self-hate, it is extremely difficult to connect to that higher divine power that whether you believe that's in you or that's in an outside force, that's going to pull you out of that place You know, when you're in this like terribly shit mood about yourself and everything around you just turns to shit. I think we were talking about this the other day, Ali, but those are not the moments, those really shitty moments where we are particularly open to some sort of spiritual magic beyond comprehension, you know. But the cool thing is, while we might not be open to... That when we're in a when we're in the dark place, we do have the power to flip it. And it's what you were talking about, Ali. But I also read something about our brains and the way they're wired. I think it's called neuroplasticity. I just pulled that out of the back of my mind. I'm not a neurologist, so don't quote me on that. But it's this idea and this, um, that we are constantly forming and reforming our brains based off the habits and the choices that we make every single day. So becoming more grateful and happy for your body, um, becoming more mindfully engaged and aware of our feelings. Um, especially during body positive moments, like when we feel really complete or we feel pretty or we feel loved or we feel like we're enough, we then positively communicate to our bodies like, hey, self and to our minds, hey, like you look really fucking good right now. And the more that our brain recognizes this shift, um, the more it reorganizes itself around this new positive perception that we have created. And this can only increase our happiness and I think increase our um, probability of becoming more unstuck in the long term. So it, all of these things that we're talking about here, the changes in our thoughts and our behaviors, they affect us on every level. level. They affect us metaphysically, like what Ali's talking about with our shock chakra system, They affect us literally with our brains reforming and reorganizing themselves. And they affect us emotionally because they're directly linked to our well being. So I think it's a threefold system. And
0: isn't it always a threefold system? I tell everyone that who gets on the yoga mat, it's uh, oftentimes people come for the physical, like I did. But it's my hope, and I think many yoga teachers hope, that our students move past the physical and they find that space of mental, emotional, and spiritual connection and relief. So I love that you touched on that. And so we've given you guys so much good information but now let's talk about some practical tips for when you're feeling stuck and you're in that thick ass honey. Uh, my mother-in-law recently went to a Tony Robbins event and she came home with some really great tips from the man himself. Number one, every morning when Tony Robbins wakes up, he says to his mind, you're working for me, bitch. And I really actually envisioned him saying it like this, you're working for me, bitch. And (laughs) was that good?
1: That was really good for a very small girl imitating a very large man. (laughs) That was really good. We
0: have to play it back and play it with his and see (laughs) how it lines up. But Anyway, the reason he does this every morning is because he jumps in a cool pool. So a really cold body of water and it has all these benefits for your body, mind and soul, which we won't get into here. But every morning that he's trudging his way towards that cold pool, cool pool, his mind is telling him, you don't need to do it today. It's okay. You did it yesterday. No one's going to know if you don't do it today. And he has to remind his mind in that moment, no you were working for me. And I find so much simplicity, but impact within that statement, because I think our minds oftentimes think that we work for them and we allow the mind to run rampant with all sorts of of beliefs and ideas and thoughts. And if we can simply remind the mind, hello, we are on the same team and you are working for me, I think that the path to becoming unstuck will become so much easier and clearer and a more enjoyable process. Um, Second, he, Tony Robbins, recommends having a trademark move. So like, let's say you're on your couch or sitting somewhere or driving for a long time and you're just feeling in that funk, get up, make a trademark move and do it for 30 seconds. You could simply jump up and down, I want to do cartwheels. Carly's is this step back and forth move. Um, Essentially, it's just to break the pattern of what's happening and move that shittiness out of your body and find that place of unstuckness. Um, So those are both from Tony Robbins that you're working for me, bitch, and the trademark move. And then, of course, like we always preach here, finding what helps you disconnect so you can reconnect. Yoga, running, meditation, cooking, walking outside, jumping in the ocean, whatever it is that helps you put down whatever's in front of your face that's blocking the unstuckness from occurring, go do the exact opposite, what makes you feel good and fuels your soul. And then we promise almost every time it results in reconnecting. I mean, there's not one yoga practice that I leave that I'm like, oh, shit, I still feel so stuck. Maybe not all the way unstuck, but almost every time it works.
1: Amen. I have to add a little snippet for the um, trademark move slash Tony Robbins dance party idea. One of my favorite ways to meditate is and I don't – I call this a meditation. I don't – think. I think there's a stigma around meditation that it has to be like sitting with your legs crossed and your palms facing up listening to some sort of chanting music and it just like – that just is not the case, okay? And one of my favorite things to do to snap out of it is to listen to that song, Shake It Off by Florence and the Machine and – The entire duration of the song, just play it as loud as you can, wherever you are, even if it's headphones, and put your arms in the air and shake them the whole entire song. It's going to burn your arms really, really bad. But the action is so powerful, and the words are so powerful, and oh my god, like, it is the best fucking release it will probably make you cry at warning. It makes me cry a lot. But that is such a good tool to get you out of your, like, shitty stuckness that I just had to share. But um, getting back on topic, you know, what all of this comes back to, all of these tips and tricks, and honestly, this entire conversation and most of our conversations, they, it comes back to self-love, you know? In the beginning of this episode, I was talking about how many of us just feel like we're floating and that life is happening to us, not for us. But it simply isn't true. I mean, those feelings are legitimate and real. But the reality is we're not just passengers floating along on life. We are the drivers. And it's us, you know, capital us that have the influence to create the positive change and create abundance within our lives. And I believe that it's through self-care that we can begin to understand our power and we can see how powerful we truly are. And um, when we agree to actively join into a relationship with ourselves, with the universe, through self-care, that's the bridge there between us that's when we really will begin to unleash our true potential and by self care i mean what ali just said disconnecting to reconnect through physical activity um i also have to talk about journaling here there is so much that goes on in our minds and to leave it there is sort of a disservice to ourselves And into whatever potential we have hiding within us, I think that it takes some time to sort through uh, what we're feeling and how we're thinking, especially if we're feeling stuck. But you don't know what kind of hidden gems are like within the rubble of the stuckness until you have a way to get it out and get it on paper. And I know some of you aren't journalers, but I really can't. Urge you enough, even if you're not, to just try to take up a practice of writing a little bit every day. That's how I started. My acupuncturist told me to um, write just a couple of sentences every morning. And I was like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't know. And I liked to journal at that point, but I didn't realize how healing it, it would become. So I would urge you to just write a couple of sentences every day um about how you're feeling it can be super simple it can be two sentences it can be a paragraph just like meditation there really are no rules here but i think if it's something you don't do it's an opportunity to try something new and to begin to sort out the complexities in our mind i i also urge you to talk to someone i think that's super important too and you know we advocate for communication and um, open and trusting relationships here. But I think that journaling gets pushed to the side a lot. So I'm going to stress that one really, really hard today.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I could definitely take some advice from you. I've dabbled in journaling. I get really into it. And then I push it to the wayside. And You hear it from every person who's engaging in self-care and self-love how crucial it is to take up this practice, to do this stream of consciousness. And just the other day when I was kind of going through a stressful situation living here with my husband and his mom, I thought to myself, God damn it, I need to write all this out in a journal because the emotions and the feelings that were happening in the situation – were just so intense and I couldn't sort them out in my mind whatsoever. So I'm going to advocate for what Carly says as well. Find a journal, commit to it just like you would commit to any other habit and check back in with us. Let us know how it's going, you know, tag us on Instagram, show us some love and let us know how the journaling is working for you. We would love to know if it's helping you get unstuck. And lastly, to wrap up this conversation, most importantly, I think patience has to be uh, reminded here, uh, spoken about, because many of us expect change and getting unstuck to happen within a week or even within 30 days. And that is just not the case. You will definitely see improvements and always feel more connected to yourself when you're using these tools and resources that we discuss. But in reality, I think 90 days is a minimum to really create a lifestyle change and find that sweet spot of where you're evolving and expanding and growing and getting out of that thick honey. So patience, patience, patience. Remain really focused on what it is you're trying to create in your life. Um, know that you're going to take 10 steps backward and then take five steps forward and continue this dance of, you know, moving forward and moving back until you really hone in on what serves you best on this journey of getting unstuck and navigating the peaks and valleys of your life. So mantra for this one is patience.
1: Amen. You know, like Ali said, you're going to take 10 steps forward and maybe 20 steps back. And I just want all of you to know that we do that all the time. If Ali and I are in a perpetual state of getting stuck and then getting unstuck because we're humans and it's okay. The important thing is how quick are we turning it around and how quick are we coming out of it and how often are we leaning into self-care and are we leaning into self-love in order to help us come from come out of that place because in the moments of love and and in particularly self-love We get this incredible glimpse of the type of relationship that we could potentially have with ourselves and with the universe and with life. And this happens in those moments of getting unstuck. You're going to see these flashes. And, you know, the truth is, you guys, that the universe wants to know what it's like to have a relationship with us. It wants us to know how good it is when we are all working together in unison And that's why we have these fleeting moments. I really believe these flashes of magic around us because they're there and we have the ability to tap into them and we just have to really, really commit because like no bullshit, it's really hard and it's not easy and, um, you know, but it's worth it.
0: It is worth it. So ending on that note of reminding yourself, your mantra is patience when it comes to this topic. And of course, we want to jam real quick on our newest tradition at TAD, Tad, which is our weekly journal prompts that are related to these really incredible deep diving conversations. So if you are on our email list, you're a part of our weekly newsletter, then you receive the weekly journal prompt as well as a reminder that a new conscious conversation has gone live. If you are not part of our email list, we can't encourage you enough to come join us. Um, not only do we want you to know that these conversations are happening, but we want you to be right there alongside with us, you know, further exploring the topics and using the questions from the journal prompt to further your knowledge and your experience around these topics. So if you're not signed up, head on over to truthanddaremovement.com. You can quickly sign up there as well as always find the show notes, tools, and resources for this conversation and the many other ones that we've had. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We can't do it without you guys. We love that you invite us into your daily lives, into your earbuds, your vehicle, on your runs, the many places that you include us. And um, yeah, we really enjoy that you guys tune in each week. So with that said, we'll see you next week for another conversation. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.